Climate Conversations on Afternoons with Helen Farmer. With Dubai Holding, together for the good of tomorrow. Fantastic to have you with us for our Climate Conversations in partnership with Dubai Holding. And we're talking travel today and actually going beyond reusing your towels next time you stay in a hotel. What you need to know before booking your next trip, the role of a guest when it comes to saving the planet. And who better to speak to than Brian Tate? She's the Global Senior Director of Sustainability at the Jumeirah Group. Um, Brian, you've been working in this space for quite some time. Are you okay to speak personally about why sustainability is so important to you? I've been an environmentalist since I was a kid, Um, you know, spending a lot of time with my grandparents out in nature, you know, nagging my parents to recycle, you know, building a little compost heap in the back. Um, And, you know, as an adult, as a parent now, I'm increasingly worried about the planet that my son will inherit. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is something that's very personal for me. Absolutely. So when we're talking travel, I'm curious to get your take from the hospitality front. Do you think the average guest's kind of care about how sustainable their stay is that is that a priority for them the studies from from organizations like expedia booking.com you know that the the brands that we all know um they've done studies around this and you know some of the results show that like 90 percent of travelers are now looking for you know sustainable options when they're traveling and and that cuts across you know environmental to supporting local communities and local cultures so they're much more mindful travelers now i think I wondered if you could perhaps share some of the initiatives across Jumeirah that other guests might have noticed in, in recent months and years. You know, taking taking plastic water bottles out of circulation is such a massive change, I think. And for us, you know, we're looking at taking 9 million plastic water bottles out of circulation. So just try to visualize that mountain of water bottles that are no longer, you know, going to landfill or going to, re, you know, recycling plants where they're already overwhelmed. Mm. Um, you know, so in addition to this, we're, we're doing a lot of things across the board from, uh, like, for example, at Zabil Sarai, you could visit our hydroponic vertical farm where we're growing our own vegetables. Um, you know, I'm not sure how much our, our local listeners know about our, dirt, our, our Dubai Turtle Rehabilitation Project. Oh, it's uh, one of my highlights of the year, seeing, seeing some of those turtles mm-hmm. being released back. It's um, and such a lovely thing, I think, as, as we touched on there, for children to see when you're visiting um, you know, Jameer Allen theme and seeing what's, what's incorporated into that space. It's a, it's a beautiful project. Where, where is it currently at? What are you working on right now? It's housed between um, the, the base of the Burj Al Arab and then at Al Nassim we have the Turtle Lagoon where, you know, families and guests can go experience that. Um, and what we've recently decided on to that actually is a pilot coral nursery where we're actually trying to regrow um, coral species so that we can kind of contribute to that biodiversity commitment. Um, so we're quite excited about that. Let's see where the results take us. But it's um, it's great to be able to contribute to our coastal ecosystems, which is what our tourism industry is really, you know, primarily based on. Is mm-hmm. taking advantage of those beautiful beaches and the coastal ecosystems that we rely on. What about even things like the buildings themselves? You know, the hotel properties and the supporting buildings. Are there any technologies or advancements that have been incorporated with sustainability front and center? Yeah, I mean, those are the things that are really invisible, right? That's where the energy gets consumed. That's where the water gets consumed. And air conditioning is, you know, that's half of our, our energy kind of footprint um, as, as, as we operate our, our properties. It's, it's a huge draw on energy. So it's something that we're very, 
you know, conscious of managing wherever we can. So there's a lot of invisible work that goes into our sustainability, you know, program and managing our footprint and a lot of things that um, you just don't see on the surface of them. But those are huge parts of, of what we're doing in our sustainability programming. Now, can we talk food? <laughs> um, and I've started to notice, you know, on Jumeirah uh, menus and actually across the UA, and rightly so, people caring a lot more about the province of their food. You know, we I think wanting to know, you know, the country, the farm, you know, super specifics is really wonderful. I think it means we value our food more. We think we think more about it and hopefully wasting it less. But that kind of term farm to fork, I think is often kind of misused and somewhat still misunderstood. What does it mean to you, Brown? And, and can you tell us a little bit about what's actually happening in practice across Jumeirah properties? And food circularity. Um, you know, six billion deer hunts worth of food every year is wasted in the UAE. So it's really important that we know, first of all, where does our food come from? And then second of all, how do we minimize the waste that comes from that food production and sort of creating of those, you know, great dishes or, or even the, even what we cook at home? Um, so what about food waste initiatives um, within Jumeirah? Anything that's happening there? And how quantifiable is it? How measurable is it? One of the pilots that we tried during Ramadan, actually, was this concept called nudges, which is very subtle hints with our guests on reminding them try not to sort of have that your eyes are bigger than your stomach and take more food than you can eat so it could be very small things like just very slightly smaller plates or little note cards on the table reminding them you know just take what you can eat come back as often as you want um and and interestingly that did have an impact like we saw that something like 15 percent of food waste could be reduced just by very subtle reminders to people to think about the food that they are kind of loading up on. Um, And then, you know, on the back end, I think technology plays a really important role. Uh, We use something called Winnow, for example, which uses artificial intelligence to measure, predict, and then help us reduce our food waste throughout the whole sort of value chain of, you know, when we procure the food, where are we getting it from locally, but then how do we optimize what we're buying and then producing what we're producing and then ensure whatever does end up on the back end um, is, is, is managed responsibly. I think what this really speaks to, to my mind, is that we all have a role to play. You know, there's an element of, you know, chefs putting together a menu thoughtfully using local produce and, you know, thinking about food wastage. There's the, the bigger picture when we're looking at buildings. But what about us as guests, Brian? What, do you, what kind of changes would you like to see guests making? I think, you know, just having a staycation for the listeners in Dubai... Um, there's so many experiences that, that you can have locally right here in our own backyard um, in Dubai and UAE. I think, you know, seeking out local artisans, local culture, supporting the local economy, taking that local mindset, even when you're traveling as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, we offer electric vehicles now uh, for pickup and, and transfer service. So you can now travel, you know, super green when you're, when you're on the ground here with us. And I think engaging us on the topic across the board, you know, having those conversations with our teams on site and, 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 and let's hear what others have to say, bring those ideas, ask the questions. I think it's all about a conversation. We're a guest centric organization and we want to, we want to deliver that experience. And so we, we love to hear from our guests what those questions and ideas might be. I think that feel good factor, you know, can take many forms. And for me, reducing the guilt around, you know, around a vacation, you're thinking, okay, you know, yes, we're staying within the UAE. We're not thinking about plane travel. 
we're going to a property that is aligned with our values, whether it is, you know, plastics or food wastage or bigger things that we're not even aware of. It's so, so crucial. Um, Brianne, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been it's been an absolute pleasure to hear about what's been happening at Jamira Group. And I'm, I'm curious to see what you've got planned for the coming weeks and, and years, because I, I, I've got a sense from you that there's a lot, a lot, a lot in the pipeline. So thank you so, so much. Thanks so much, Helen. Climate Conversations on Afternoons with Helen Farmer. With Dubai Holding, together for the good of tomorrow. We've just been talking there about sustainable travel, locally staycations with the Jumeirah Group. But what about internationally? If you're looking for ethical travel that can help local communities, the wildlife, our next guest can help you with that. Chloe Evans organises trips with Wild Tracks and she's here to tell us a little bit more. Now, you're a passionate advocate for the environment and this has led you from working with animals to now preserving them. Tell us a little bit about your mission with Wild Tracks and where the idea came from. Thanks for having me back, Helen. Pleasure. So Wild Tracks is basically about taking people from all different groups, ethnicities, cultures, um, whether they're small children, adults, etc., to really experience the need um, to protect wildlife. You know, the imminent fact is that possibly in, you know, 50 to 100 years, the next generation, they're not going to be able to experience animals in the wild. So Wild Tracks is all about hands-on conservation missions. So it's your typical safari, you know, the, the nice lodges and, you know, having a nice time in South Africa. But it's also about the actual hands-on veterinary work. So we're looking at um, dehorning rhinos, collaring lions, uh, also going into the local communities as well to really see how that impact is uh, affecting the whole ecosystem. I want to hear a little bit more about those communities in a minute, but I just want to come back to your point there about dehorning rhinos why is that such a crucial aspect of what you're doing can you paint us a bit of a bigger picture about why this is a problem definitely so rhinos are uh, critically endangered in the wild and this is basically for their horns and the horns are completely valueless you know they're just keratin it's the same as our fingernails and our hair it grows back it has no medicinal values no status value. Um, but unfortunately, over years, this is something that has been affecting them. And, you know, this is why we need to do these protection um, initiatives. So basically, a dehorning is when you locate the rhino. Um, we normally try and group them together. So it's least stress for the animal. And talking about sustainable travel, it's all about, you know, making sure that our helicopter costs and uh, veterinary costs, etc., are kept down. Um, so basically, what we do is we... Um, um, we first of all we dart the animal and this is to give it like a tranquilizer and it basically makes the animal go to the ground Mm -hmm. Um, and then when it's safe to do so we go up to the rhino and we basically measure um, two to three centimeters from the root because they still have some nerve endings there so we don't want to harm or endanger the animal at all and then we basically saw off at this point and the aim is that every 12 to 18 months this will grow back but it acts as a deterrent for poachers so they don't come and obviously hurt or kill the rhinos. Can I ask how you choose to work with the communities because there's two aspects here there's you know supporting them on ground and making sure that they've got you know great conditions in terms of working but there's also the sustainable pact in terms of some of the projects that they're undergoing can you tell us a little bit about more about some of the people you're working with in Africa yeah so we work with some really great organizations um, one of them is wild connections and as part of the trip with wild tracks you go at least for one day in the community and this is to actually meet the people help to educate them and make them aware of the impact of poaching and obviously the need to conserve the wildlife 
Um, We also uh, support some initiatives here. So there's a group of ladies within one community and they are actually collecting like plastic bags from the street, bin bags, bread bags. um, And they've created quite an initiative now where a lot of the community people are collecting these. And what they're doing is they're recycling them into things like hats, bath mats. Uh, They're really nice pieces, actually. And we take the groups there. They can obviously contribute back to the uh, local community and economy by purchasing these. We also are connected with an organization called the Battleers, and these are a group of um, voluntary pilots, and they are doing some amazing projects such as, you know, pangolin rescue missions. They're relocating animals to keep the genetic, you know, diversity within the parks. Um, Also working with the likes of Project Rhino and Rhino Art. So they actually go into the communities and they educate the children about the awareness of poaching um, and the need to protect rhinos. And they do these amazing competitions for the kids. Um, They have to like draw these little pictures of rhinos. And then if they win or they have a good concept, they actually get to go into the parks. Because wow. a lot of these children, they don't actually have visited. And this, um, this is the, the real point of interest, isn't it? It's, it's in their community and it's in their you know, country and their culture, but they might not have had that, that value, understood the nature of the animal. And yeah. it, it, all, it all starts there with the, with the children, you know, as Brown was just talking there about the next generation. Um, can we talk about accommodation on ground when yeah, it comes definitely. to sustainability there? What, uh, what's, what's the space like? How eco-friendly are the, some of the lodges and the accommodation that you're working with? Yeah, so all the accommodation is actually on the reserve. Um, so usually, I mean, the three reserves we work with, they normally have it uh, like a slight split. So one of them will be your big five. So your what's seen as maybe dangerous animals. And then you have the game side. So giraffe, zebra, and you're literally living amongst them. It's great. Um, All the accommodation is very eco-friendly. Solar panels, um, they have load shedding in South Africa. Don't know whether that's a point to to discuss or not. But um, this is also about being conscious about using electricity Mm -hmm. and the consumption. Um, It's just about being at one with nature. So everyone is really conscious of what they're using and how. And presumably lots of lovely local food as well. Definitely. All locally sourced foods. Um, you know, there's uh, people from the communities are working in the accommodations with us. So you get to meet the chef, uh, try some amazing South African cuisine. Milk tart is like my favourite dessert. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's really nice. Chloe, can I ask you a little bit about the interest in this? Because I feel like our, and I hope this is this is true of a lot of people, our tastes are changing when it comes to travel. And that there is absolutely a place for lying on a beach and having a lovely time with a rubbish book, 100%. But I feel like we're starting to value our vacation leave a lot more. And maybe that's a reflection, you know, post-pandemic of thinking about, I want to travel, but I want to be getting something out of it as well, these these experiences. What are you noticing when it, t- when it comes to trends and interest? Yeah, I think people nowadays are liking to see the direct impact they're having. Um, so rather than, you know, just putting their hard-earned money, like you say, in their hard-earned annual leave days, um, they want to see the value back. So when they go on these trips, they actually get to see with their eyes where their money is going, the impact they're having on the animals, the communities. And I think that's something that money just can't buy. It's such a special experience. And, you know, instead of going to these kind of places where you see animals drugged or in cages, you're still getting the same experience that you get to see them in real life and up close and touch them and feel them. 
but it's it's for the best impact of them. It's to preserve them so their children can see them in 50 years' time. I know you're working really hard on upcoming trips. Is there anything you can share now? Any dates for the diary for upcoming wild adventures with wild trucks? Yep. So our season is going to run from March to September next year. Uh, we've got around 14 trips booked in. Wow. Um, yeah, but there's still lots of spaces available. We'll be releasing the date soon. These are going to be family-friendly trips, so with young children, um, also some over-40s trips with a little bit more of a relaxation and sundowners. Um, We're hoping to take um, some school groups, also some teachers' groups. So we're really focusing on like the Eid holidays, summer holidays when people are off. Thank you so much for coming in and opening our eyes to what what you're working on and thinking about sustainable travel in terms of what's happening on ground, but also that ethical travel, that feel-good factor as well. Now, if anyone wants to get in touch and find out more about the upcoming trips, you know, find out more from Chloe, you just send me the word wild, I'll send you her Instagram, and then you'll be the first to know about what's on the agenda. And yeah, you mentioned March then. I've heard there's a very long break coming up at March. It's going to be Eid and spring break together, so... You might be hearing from me, Chloe. Thank you so, so much. If, as I said, if you want to find out more about these initiatives, these upcoming travel, um, you're more than welcome to just send me the word wild and I'll send you the details for Chloe Evans and Wild Tracks. Climate Conversations on Afternoons with Helen Farmer. With Dubai Holding, together for the good of tomorrow.